Hello everyone, it's season three time for Not Another Teen Wolf podcast uh, and the Teen Wolf fandom in general. I don't know what episode we're up to, 21, 22, but regardless... two, I think. Oh, you know, I don't know about you, Karen, but I'm feeling 22, so yeah. <laughs> um, we are back this week to welcome the premiere of Teen Wolf Season 3, finally, which is the first time since we started Not Another Teen Wolf podcast like eight or nine months ago. Uh, that we've actually had a brand new live episode to talk about. So that's pretty thrilling. If you don't know by now, our Twitter is natwpodcast. Our email is natwpodcast at gmail.com or our Tumblr, which has got a beautiful revamp and looks amazing and professional and like I'm kind of scared of it, is notanotherteenwolfpodcast.tumblr.com. So... Yay, we're here. Teen Wolf is back. We're all very <laughs> excited. So yes, let's go. Okay, so the synopsis for this episode, we're just going to read uh, the quick one line about it. Basically, what happens is the secret behind Derek's tattoo is revealed, and the Alpha Pack make their presence known. Derek and Isaac struggle to locate Erica and Boyd. So jumping right into our favorite lines, which were your two favorite, Natalie? Um, I had two that were kind of, I liked them for similar reasons. One of them was actually near the beginning when um, Melissa McCall is helping Isaac in the hospital and she kind of goes to him, do you have any other emergency werewolf contacts? And why I liked it was, I mean, it was kind of funny and their interaction was really sweet and I really liked it, but why I liked it was Melissa like just jumping in and helping and knowing everything about it. And it's kind of, we've had like a couple of years of like kind of even though we've watched the episodes a lot of times um you know and read fan fiction and stuff like that we haven't really seen her in the show like knowing and being a part of that world and I really am like wow she's really right in there and she knows she knows pretty much everything and she knows what an alpha is and she knows everything and it's kind of really it, it made me really excited in, in a way. And the other one I really liked was it tied into, it was the scene between Styles and his father where they were joking around about, you know, what's it going to take for me to get you to go to school, you know, or bribe work. And then he goes, extortion. And Styles goes, you've got nothing on me. And Sheriff goes, yeah. And again, it was kind of a feeling of like, well, that's kind of true or whatever. And it again, it cemented to me that the Sheriff didn't know like what he could potentially have on Styles, if you know what I mean, like all of the secrets that Styles is still keeping, and it and it made me just want him again to know really badly. Though I do have some theories that he actually kind of knows everything and is just waiting for Styles to admit it, uh, based on some stuff oh. in this, based on some stuff in this episode. I also stuck on there a quick little tagline of Derek's beautiful one-liner when he throws the Alpha into the elevator when he's helping out Scott, and he turns to him and he goes aren't you supposed to be in school? And I'm just throwing that in there because of the hilarious post we've reblogged on Tumblr in which um, someone um, went step by step through Derek's thought processes of how he knew he was going to go help Scott and he better think up a really good zinger to get him with. And it's just, yeah. <laughs> it's so funny because it's just it like, is. he's going, I should be like, aren't you supposed to be in English right now? No, maybe that's too specific. He shouldn't know that I know his schedule. <laughs> and I was just... <laughs> dying so yeah I, I loved I loved Derek this episode we'll talk about that but yeah those were mine and but the two ones from the parents both they just really highlighted for me kind of what 
is really going on in the show right now. Like, not all the theorising we've had, but, like, what's really going on in the show right now, and I loved that. Yeah. My first one was between Scott and Styles, and this is when Scott is talking about his tattoo, and he says, I kind of just needed something permanent. Everything is happening so fast. Everything is just so ephemeral. And Styles says, studying for the PSATs? Yep. Nice. And I just, I loved it, first of all, and we'll get into this, but like Scott trying harder to be a better person, a better student, and him using that word throughout the episode, it was the most adorable thing. And I just, I loved it. And then, you know, have Scott and Styles' banter back and forth, and it was just, it was so nice to have them back on our screens. Mm. <laughs> then my second one was between Allison and Lydia when they're in the car right before the deer hits them. And they say, uh, Allison says, they stopped too. Why would they stop? And Lydia says, it's Styles and Scott. Do you really want to try applying logic to those two? <laughs> and I just feel like, first of all, Allison and Lydia, like, I love where their relationship has gone even just in this first episode, but also the sort of relationship that Lydia has with Styles now that the four of them have together. I just, I can't wait to see them just hanging out as friends. Yeah, me too. Their dynamic is so great. The whole, the car scene as well, when he, Styles pulls down the window, it's just pretty amazing. I really, really, really enjoy them. It's It cracks me up. For the episode, I mean, we have a lot of questions, I suppose. The discussion, season Definitely. three, pretty much <laughs> nothing tied to the past season except for the characters existing, and so we've got new everything. The first thing that we see is Megan Tandy's character, who doesn't have a name, and it's the scene that was, I guess, we saw the, the first page of the script that we, we got, like, many months ago. And the first thing I noticed about this was, like, literally how much it was It was exactly the scene on paper, like, that you could kind of, when I read the script, that what I'd envision would be so close to exactly how it looked and, and everything that happened there. So um, that was that first scene, but we really don't know much about who this girl is. Yeah, I was really excited to see her, and I definitely saw, like you said, the first page of the script was exactly what we saw on screen and that was really cool to see it sort of go from the words on the page to the screen like the visual representation of it and I thought they did a really great job with that I am so incredibly curious about who Megan Tandy's character is I want to know more about her and I was really disappointed that we didn't learn anything like not even her name not who she is what she is or you know how she knows anything about werewolves and I, I really hope that it's true that she's going to be in a few other episodes. Um, people are saying that, you know, she's been on set more than just her time for this episode. So maybe she's not dead or maybe they have flashbacks or something like that. I don't know. But I, I really need to know more about her character. Do we think that she's a werewolf? I mean, I, I at this point don't think she's a werewolf. I think if she did, she'd be, you know, using her powers to fight rather than using weapons and stuff like that but like what like I I almost like I'm like I don't want to talk about it I can't answer any questions about it I can't think about it because it was too many like too much like yeah too much curiosity she knew so much about everything that scene in particular I will say 
obviously the show has tried to improve uh, its, you know, bigger and badder and whatever. Wow, the special effects on the motorbike were bad. Sorry, show. They were so <laughs> bad. It was it was so bad. I'm like, can't, I'm like, it looked so fake. I'm like, couldn't you have just got a, like, a real, like, just filmed them on a real motorbike? Like, why did you have to do whatever it is that you did? Um, because it looked really strange. But regardless... See? That didn't bother me so much as when the deer crashed through the Jeep. Like, oh. I hated that part. But the, the motorcycle scene, I really didn't find it all that bad. I mean, you could tell it was fake, but it was dark, and, and they didn't do too bad of a job. But that Jeep scene kind of drove me crazy. I know, it was just jarring, because I was just like, what's the first thing I'm seeing? And it's, like, very bad special effects. But, oh, well. Um, obviously the antagonist in that scene where she was helping Isaac, who we don't know why people are so hardcore after Isaac. Yeah. It was the Alpha twins, uh, the Alpha Pack twins, uh, who we know are Ethan and Aiden, but again, none of these people get names in this episode, just so you know. All of these new people that we know who they are, none of them get named. But the, the boys are chasing Megan Tandy and Isaac, and then... They pull out some interesting moves that we haven't seen before yet in Teen Wolf. Oh, you mean their transformation? Yeah. Yeah, I was I was screaming. I mean, I was screaming through most of the episode because I was freaking out about everything. Maybe I just had, like, too much sugar yesterday or something. I don't know. But that transformation was so cool. It's so gross. It was. They, like, oh, because the one, like, put his arm inside his brother, and it was, how does that even work? Oh, it was so gross. It was so gross, Karen. And I, um, this, I mean, of course, within about two minutes, they, like, run into the hall and, uh, you know, rip their shirts off because it's Teen Wolf, but, um. Yes, I'm not complaining. It. You know, they, they really work in sync with each other. We don't really know anything about them. But then they, yeah, morph together into a big sort of oversized alpha. And when she electrocuted them, they sort of split apart again. I mean, I don't know if that's – we don't know if that's a thing that twins get in general or if – this is a theory. Someone gave this to us on our, our Tumblr. Tam is my father. I'll just give you a shout-out here. Someone gave this to our, on our Tumblr, and I love it. Um, saying, I have a crazy theory about how the Alpha Twins can do their combination form, assuming it's not something all Alphas can do, which, oh my god, I hope it's not, because I don't want to see Derek climb inside anyone else. Um, (laughs) What if they were originally conjoined twins, but getting the bite allowed them to separate, because it does, like, the perfection healing thing? So if they were actually not just identical, because they are so identical, they're, they're some of the most, like perfectly identical twins I've ever seen. So what if they were actually conjoined twins? Uh, This is this theory, and that they split apart when they got the bite, but that their alpha formation is, like, coming back together. That's, I mean, that's logical. That would make sense as far as being able to combine into one person and thinking that, you know, because I can't really see it as being a common... No, no. I mean, in in general, I was um, I've been thinking for a long time like that. That's got to sort of mess with their heads being like that. Like, and now with this, it's kind of like like uh, I've always had you know thoughts about the Alpha Twins since we've known about them that they were gonna like that their tie to one another is like you know twins. It's always sad, you know Fred and George Weasley, etc. It's and it's Uh, always very intense. Let's not. Let's not. Yeah. Can you just Um, not? 
that up. <laughs> um, anyway, but so I was just like, oh, what if one goes good? Will he bring the other one over? You know, and I'm like, if they're literally tied together, they're like truly like two halves of a whole. Like, what if one dies? Like, what, you know, what if one goes good and one doesn't? Like, I feel like, you know, that we're going to learn more about their individual identities and that, you know, what separating them, like what that what kind of damage that could do, if you know what I mean. Because I really think it's got to mess with them in some way, seeing as tra- when they transform, it's together. So, yeah. I mean, so does this mean that they can't be in werewolf form when they're separate? I assume they can. Maybe this is just like super, super alpha, like, you know, like, and the, like Power not... Rangers when they all combine yeah. together. <laughs> yeah, like maybe this is like Captain Planet Alpha, like or something. But um, and that they, you know, they can use their powers on their own. But like, you know, by their powers combined, you know, they are Captain <laughs> Planet or whatever. <laughs> and we're going really nineties right now. Um, but anyway. So that's the Alpha that's the Alpha twins, Ethan and Aiden, who again are not named in in the episode. So God, to anyone who hasn't been following any spoilers, they must have just been like, well, who who what's going on? Who are these people? The whole yeah. episode, because it was full of new people. We then cut into the credits, like before we see Scott Styles, anyone, we just see the Alpha Alphas and uh, Megan Tandy and Isaac, and the credits are pretty similar, except Scott's opening credit is him, like, rising out of the, like, water like Jesus, and I, I'm not even gonna, I've, I've got some opinions about, about this whole, like, overrunning thing that Scott is apparently, like, the chosen one, because I'm just not here for that with, like, Harry, even with Harry Potter, I was just like, oh, really? Like, when the end of Harry Potter happened, it was like, chosen one Luke Skywalker thing I'm like oh does this have to be the thing with every hero story like does it (laughs) always have to be like you are the chosen one because I'm sick of it but we'll see am I the only person that didn't hate the levitating Scott part like I know it's kind of ridiculous (laughs) but I thought it looked really awesome it looked fine it's just like what this implies is not what I'm here yeah but we'll see it then obviously the show sort of goes into like, right from that really dark scene into, like, a very sort of stark thing, like, a contrast back to normality in that, I think the first scene that we see of Scott and Stiles is in the tattoo shop, right? Yeah. And first of all, as someone who has many, many, many tattoos, I'm so annoyed that he got the design and everything, and then they just showed the guy being like, oh, you sure you want to do this? Yeah, and then tattooing straight onto his skin. I'm sorry, but that's not how that happens. I'm not talking about, oh, you need permission or whatever. I don't care about any of that. Tattoos have stencils. You don't tattoo freehand onto bare skin, especially not something that would have a straight line like the um, bands that Scott has. You have a transfer, which is basically like um, greaseproof paper and ink, and they do it onto that, and they print that onto your skin so they know what they're doing. They do not tattoo onto bare skin, especially not something that involved in straight lines. So I was so annoyed at that. And I was like, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know why. I was just like, I was just like, you could have shown them doing the sticky paper, guys. It's come on. You're really good. at You're really good at details. And that's just so unlikely. Anyway, moving on from that, <laughs> the tattoo in general and Scott's transformation into being a better person, as you have quoted. Go ahead. I loved this part. I, I've i been annoyed with Scott in the past, and, uh, I mean, he can be a very childish kind of person, and that's not necessarily a bad thing. I mean, sometimes, 
you know, everybody always quotes the, uh, my mom does all the grocery shopping line, and it just shows, <laughs> like, how naive and innocent he is. Yeah. And that's not too bad, but I love this version of Scott. I'm literally just falling in love with Scott all over again. I loved how he's reading, how he has a word of the day, how he's studying for his PSATs, and it's just... Yes, like, I hope this doesn't go down the drain when everything gets crazy with the Alpha Pack. I hope he continues to grow and continues to go to school and get good grades because this is the Scott that I want to see turn into an Alpha. Mm. It is it, it is really cool, and it didn't come across, like, cheesy. Like, the Scott with the, you know, the Scott in Season 1 where it's like my mom does all the grocery shopping, it would have come across, like... You know, if you'd seen him studying or whatever, it would have been, like, a joke. If you know what I mean, you would have been like, lol, look at him trying. Isn't that hilarious kind of thing? (laughs) Yeah. And it didn't feel like that, which was nice. I really loved the throwback, like, when we go to his scene in the bedroom after he, you know, is is going into his first day of school where he's doing the chin-ups because it's a direct throwback to his first scene in the first episode where you see him trying to work out for lacrosse and everything and, and it and it's it's got really cool music and, and he's doing chin ups and it's the same thing except in this case he's super strong so he's doing it with one hand while studying and he's on top of everything. He's got a giant pile of, you know, reading and he's he's all he just seems really adult and grounded and I guess he's meant to be eighteen now as he's he sort of they were implying that like he got the tattoo at eighteen, that it wasn't illegal. I think they talked about that um a few times. But it felt natural like it didn't feel like it was some big joke as I said or some you know something that his growth wouldn't have been capable of like it actually felt really real and I liked that yeah and it wasn't an instant transformation either like I mean he still struggles you see him sort of testing out the word ephemeral and he's really trying to use it and it's not like all of a sudden he's smart and he's you know, into reading and stuff. He's actively trying to be better and he's not quite perfect yet. And I think that's realistic. Yeah, I think that's cool. And then obviously in the sort of the middle of all of that Scott growth, we kind of see him with uh, Lydia and, and Alison and Alison, you know, being back in town and we get our little bit of a one liner about where Jackson is. And this was actually quite interesting, I thought, because apparently Jackson's father dragged him to London and they made the whole American werewolf in London crack. So Lydia apparently knows everything now because she tells Alison that Derek gave Jackson the werewolf 101. So we don't know how many months ago it was, but Jackson spent a little time with Derek in Beacon Hills as a werewolf, sort of learning how to be, I guess, in control and and safe and and everything, and now he's gone. Uh, his father or whatever has taken him away, and Lydia basically doesn't want to talk about it. Um, so that's cool in that, obviously, he could come back at some point, you know, if Arrow flops. But, um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, did you feel sort of satisfied with our lack of Jackson, giving it seemed to be where the rest of the season was going to go, like at the end of last season? Not really. I was never really worried about the fact that there wasn't going to be any Jackson. I mean, yeah, it's kind of weird that he's not here, but for me, it wasn't really that big of a deal. And the thing is that if they had just said Jackson went to London, I would have been like, oh, okay, you know, he just wanted to get away. And he was like, yeah, London, why not? But the fact that they specifically say Jackson's father dragged him to London, like, I really just want to know why. 
it, it mm. kind of bugs me. And I wasn't really expecting to feel unsatisfied because I was just like, okay, he's not going to come back. They're just going to give us a reason, whatever. That's and fine. Now you feel like there's story you're missing out yes, on. Yes. Yes. And I just like, if they had added another line in there, like, oh, his father had to, you know, move jobs or something. And now they're living in England. I would have been like, perfect. Fine. But now this is really going to bug me until we know. I feel like, I don't know, I, I kind of feel like it might have been something to do with, like, the drama of, like, everyone thinking Jackson was dead and then realizing that he wasn't dead and, like, him kind of having to deal with the backlash of that. I don't know. that. Um, I thought it might have been, like, a kind of for-your-own-good type of thing or maybe he was acting out too much. But, ugh, I do feel like that there's story there. And, God, imagine all of the time, the... Can you imagine that couple of months of, like, Derek doing werewolf training with Jackson? Yeah. <laughs> I would die. Like, I would just, I just, I need to see that. Like, it's just. Yeah. He would get so frustrated with Jackson. Especially just him one-on-one, and Jackson would just, oh, I can see it. It would be yeah. so good. Um, <laughs> anyway, moving on from that. So, this next part was sort of interesting in that we had a whole bunch of different animals freaking out across the episode. We had the deer running into Lydia's car, uh, her dog bit her, the birds flew into the classroom, the cats. Okay, we need to talk about this for a second. Like, giant cat suicide. That was like, that was really hard to watch. I'm not gonna lie. Uh, I don't want it. Yeah. I don't, I don't, I'm not here for that. I, yeah. It, <laughs> I mean, they said they were getting into the horror this season. And thanks, thanks I know guys. Yeah. like, animals and stuff, but I think a lot of people agree it's harder to watch animals on screen die and get hurt than mm-hmm. it is humans. Yeah, thanks, guys. Awesome. That's really nice. I'm so glad that this is the show I chose to be invested in. <laughs> But aside from all of that, I thought this was really interesting in that all the animals are freaking out because the alpha pack is in town. You can sort of tell how in tune they are with everything and that these guys are bad news because we saw deer running away from the alpha in the first season. And I mean, now that we have five alphas in town, we've got all sorts of animals really freaking out. Mm. Yeah, I wonder how, why they don't freak out about Derek. Maybe they sense that he is, like, too pathetic to be a threat. Not that he's, you know, <laughs> completely pathetic, but maybe he does, like, Beauty and the Beast. Like, maybe he does meditation in the forest with all his animal friends, <laughs> and he's, like, really zen with them now or something. Oh, that's harsh, Natalie. Well, you know, they're not, they freaked out about Peter. They're not freaking out about Derek. Yeah, well, maybe Derek's just less crazy than all the other ones. Yeah, that's it. That's what it is. Uh, <laughs> sure. Okay, we'll go with that. Oh, sorry. Sorry, Derek. You being, you are actually really amazing this episode, so I'm going to yeah. stop being mean. I mean, we in, in the midst of all of this kind of, like, the animals freaking out, we also have everyone coming back to school for, I guess, um, I mean, I guess it's meant to be, like, the first day back at school. Like, I guess the last season was ending a couple of months before summer and now this is the new school year and um obviously we've got scott with his word of the day and and all of that um allison and her dad and that's quite that's quite interesting they're clearly you know they were away where did lydia say they they went france so france yeah i mean i know that that's what meant to be where they're from like long ago or whatever like um you know maybe they're doing like a 
you know, trekking into their roots, you know, kind of thing, learning about stuff, though I don't know why they'd be doing that if their whole thing is, like, we're going to settle down and not be a part of that anymore. Yeah. Um, They had to go back to, like, home base and tell them they quit or something. Yeah, that... That's actually pretty likely. Maybe maybe his mother lives there. Maybe, you know, Chris's oh. mother lives there. So we had that. We had Lydia, who's apparently, like, sleeping around, and this show continues to be fairly progressive, which by showing that in, like, a really positive light, like, in a yay, more power to you sort of girl, like, not slutty way. Um, mm-hmm. So that's kind of nice, um, but that she's just been sort of having fun with you know, and keeping guys wrapped around her little finger while I guess she recovers or forgets about Jackson. Um, and then Styles and his dad, who are sort of, you know, he's Styles is like trying to help his dad with this whole um, deer car accident thing, and he's getting right into it. And Styles' dad tries to sort of drag him away for it. We have that very funny scene. But like I said, I feel like either the sheriff knows everything already and is waiting for Styles to tell him. Or that when he does find out, it's going to be a big, you know, step back or everything come crashing, not crashing down in their relationship, because I think they love each other enough to, you know, to obviously want to protect each other. But for it to be another big, like, oh, everyone lied kind of thing when they seem so cute here. So that's sad. So everyone comes back to school. The Alpha twins are also at the school. Apparently they're, they're not 14. I'm sorry, but they're not 14. We had, are they supposed to be, though? I really hope not. I mean, we had Lydia in the, you know, being like, ooh, freshmen, you know, ooh, I need a freshman. And Alison's like, they're 14, um, all talking about the the freshmen and you guys. And, and then we kind of see the Alpha Twins, you know, walking in and apparently being a part of that. But they also have motorbikes, you know, with their park next to Scott's moped. So they at least have to be 16. Yeah. But none of the guys that Lydia were looking at being like, ooh, freshmen were... 14. I'm sorry, none of them were 14. (laughs) I think that's the general consensus. A lot of things I've seen on Tumblr was like, um, no. Yeah, so we're just going to put that over there and and move on. Not talk about it. Um, But they did definitely make some weird implications. Can we talk about the principal being back at school as well? Oh my god, that was... I was so excited. Was it? Pardon? Was that the same guy from... Yeah, 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 the British sort of guy. It was the guy being like, clean up whatever happened in the library and what the hell is this with the sword? And I'm like, oh, yay, Victoria didn't leave him in a ditch. Well, not dead in a ditch anyway. It's definitely the guy they kidnapped and got rid of to put okay. Gerard in. So I was, like, super stoked on that. I thought it was so funny. It was. Oh, my God, when he pulled that sword out, I was dying. And then Silas was just like, go, 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 go. go. So, all in all, I'm quite happy with Beacon Hills High School right now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we sort of talked about Melissa. Do you yeah, want to um, Yeah, I mean, the next thing... Yeah, the next thing we saw, I guess, was um, her in the hospital, like, helping cover up the werewolf incidents. So, that's, like, a big step. Yeah, I really liked her in this episode. I mean, she didn't get a whole lot of screen time, but she was really funny. She was oddly calm about everything. I mean, she was sort of like, Isaac, I really don't know what I'm doing yet. This is also really new to me, but she was willing to help him, and she was trying to cover it up, and I just... I'm so excited to see her and Scott's relationship sort of solidify and for them to become closer and for her to just sort of be a mother despite the fact that her son's a werewolf. 
Yeah. I thought it was really cool as well. Like, I just really, yeah, just something about the way that she was, like, right in on it. I was just like, yes, it's so good. Yes, it's so good. I really, I, I was like, yeah, I've been waiting for this so much. And it was, it was so satisfying. And, and I, she's going to love them all. Like, she's going to care about all of them. And, uh, you know, I, I want her to look after everyone and them to look after her and Derek. And, and she's going to love Isaac. And it's all, oh. <laughs> I I couldn't help but think about that fic that we read about oh, the support group. Oh, oh my, my god! god. Yeah. I was waiting for him to like look at her like, oh, you're my savior or something. Oh my god! Yeah, holy. Oh yeah. The next new character, I guess, um, that we see in the show, like, uh, um, or the new new moment is um in Scott's class. English class, I guess, is a new sassy teacher um, who's called Ms. or Mrs. or Miss Blake. Which actress is that? Is that Hayley um, Webb? Webb. Yep. Yeah. And so she comes in and she kind of sasses everyone by texting them all the last line of the book they're going to be reading. And it's like, that's the last text you'll get in this class kind of thing. And then mid-lesson, every all goes a bit crazy when the birds uh, or, or a bunch of birds start like smacking into the windows and d- either dying or breaking through the windows and attacking everyone so that's a bit dramatic for her first day yeah really I loved her I know we didn't get a whole lot of her but I am like so excited about her character and I don't even know why and it doesn't have anything to do with like Derek or anything like that I just think she was really great such like a strong woman and she was she was a good teacher she got her students but at the same time she wasn't going to take any crap from them you know what I mean yeah and so it was just yeah I love the way that she texted them and I love the little speech she gave to to Scott and she was all like impressed when he was like don't worry I'm not going to be ephemeral and yeah I thought it was great yeah it was it was really cool I mean it was a bit you know it was a bit full-on like um like, uh, when she said that about him being like, now I'm sure that you're going to, because it's your mother, but consider this a warning. I was like, literally, his mother's calling him, really? Like, I was kind of like, are you actually calling him out right now? Or are you just saying, like, this in general? Because, I, you know, I didn't think it was fair to warn him for that occasion. But if she was just sort of warning him in general, I guess it's okay. Um, but, yeah, I liked it. And I liked how Styles kind of tried to, like, help her out. Like, he was just looking at her being like, oh... Poor lady, you don't know how things happen here yet, do you? <laughs> kind <Yeah>. of. <laughs> and the thing is, like, I don't know, maybe this is me reading into it too much, but mm. she looked traumatized after that. I mean, all the students were sort of, like, freaked out, and, I mean, everyone was injured, but did you see her face? Like, she looked super traumatized, and I just, like, I don't know if there's something more there, if, like, she could possibly... Well, I think we know that she doesn't know anything about werewolves yet, but she will in the Mm. future. But I just... I don't know. Like I said, maybe I'm just reading more into it, but I I just want a story there, I guess. (laughs) Yeah, I I mean, I think, obviously, it might just be shock, given that, yeah, she's not from Beacon Hills, clearly, so she doesn't know how things go there, but... Yeah, it, it was pretty intense and, and gross and, and everything. The reason I also said about, and I might be totally wrong about this as well, like I might be, uh, everyone might be like, what at me? But I, the reason I felt, the reason I felt the way I did about 
the potential of Sheriff Stilinski knowing everything is because after that incident when everyone's parents comes in, like when Chris Argent comes in to get Allison and Lydia, Sheriff goes straight to him and says, you know, don't you know about this kind of thing? And and then Chris kind of goes, what? Why would I? And then he says, oh, I could have sworn I heard my kids saying you were an experienced hunter. And I don't know. I... I don't know, something about the delivery of it, something in delivery about the way he came over and asked him made me feel like the sheriff not knew what was going on or had known what was going on in the past and sort of knew what role Chris Argent played. And, again, he's just waiting. He's just waiting for someone to tell him, like, you know, waiting for someone to confirm it, that he is – that it's not blatant naivety, that it is actually suspicions and that he is waiting for someone to – confirm everything because he thinks maybe he thinks he'll sound mad if he starts going on about it and he's wrong or something like that I don't know it's just it could be total naivety I could be totally wrong but I just I just got this weird vibe of it I definitely picked up on that scene too where you know he was talking to Chris and I was kind of freaking out like oh my god you know what's gonna happen right here Mm. and I I don't think the sheriff knows but I definitely think he has his suspicions because if he knew about it I mean if he honestly heard his son talking about those sort of things I think he would confront him especially after everything that happened last season and um, you know with the Kanama in particular but also the way that Styles was acting and that sort of thing I just have a feeling that he would have sat him down and talked to him about it but so, yeah, I don't think he really knows, but I he's definitely walking down that path, I think, closer and closer to the answer. And it's going to be really interesting to see how it comes about. Yeah, for sure. It's, yeah, it's something really, really important, I think, that, you know, you know, once him and Melissa both know together, hopefully they can work on that together, you know, as as a family or whatever. But I, I really, yeah... Um, it's going to start frustrating me the longer he doesn't, isn't, yeah. isn't in on it, I, I can tell. I really want to see Melissa, like, ease him into the world and and um, sort of, like, this is, you guys are probably going to hate me for this <laughs> comparison, but um, what was, no, 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 Twilight, where Charlie, oh, yeah. who was the girl, it was that one guy's wife. Um, oh, yeah, no, no, you're, you're totally right, yeah, um, like, you know, not Jacob's mum, yeah, Leah and Seth's mum, yeah. and, yeah, and she was like, yeah, Charlie, this is kind of what we, what we do here. Yeah, um, I just, I see yeah, that. So no, you're right. Though I liked all those side characters in Twilight, we talked about this in the yeah. episode, Twilight had a lot of good things about it, it just, it's, the way Bella was written is, is the problem with Twilight, um, it's not the plot or the characters, it's the way Bella was like, her, her mental state is the problem with Twilight. Uh, anyway, uh, too much Twilight on this podcast. But, yeah, I know what you mean. I think that would work really well as well. And and him, Chris, you know, if he knows, Chris knows, the vet, Melissa, you know, they could have a real, like, team of adults here actually, you know, yeah. being helpful in some way. Or um, And I don't know whether that's good or bad. I'd like to see how Derek could handle that. But, yeah. <laughs> Although at the same time, I don't want too many people to know because then I feel like the whole town's going to know. <laughs> yeah. But I really want the sheriff to know because I think of anybody, 
you know, he probably should. So yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. See? So what did you think about Kali showing up at the hospital? Yeah, that was kind of like, again, I'm just going, what are you doing with this boy? Like, what do you want with him? Why Isaac? Like, I don't understand what, what does he want with Isaac? Like, I mean, the, the pack, like, what do they, what does she, what are they working on here? Because I'm very confused. The only thing I can think of is that it's because he's one of... Derek's betas and Mm -hmm. that because they already captured Boyd and Erica Isaac is sort of like the last one and they must be trying the only thing I can think of is that they must be trying to get information on Derek maybe to really sort of manipulate him and I mean really besides Scott these three are going to be the ones that know Derek the best. Yeah. And obviously they're not going to go after Scott because they sort of have other plans with that. God, yeah. That's true. So basically, yeah, I mean, did they even... I'm trying to think. What was the end result of Isaac in the end of that episode? Where did he end up at the end of the episode? They brought him back to Derek's, um, but we'll, yeah. we'll get to that in a minute, um, I suppose. So because in the hospital, as well as um, Carly we see our first look at who we know is Ducalian, the alfalfa. And he <laughs> has is walking around the hospital, um, you know, allegedly in a potential disguise as a blind man, though we see later that he may actually be really blind uh, and that it's not a disguise. But anyway, Scott meets him as a, a blind man in the, in the elevator and, 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 you know, tries to get him to help. And, oh, his delivery of his one line, it just, I was like, you're the coolest person in the world. And I'm like twirling my hair. <laughs> he's not, he's going to be horrible, but oh my God, yeah. he's so smooth. It's just so yes. cool. He's I like, him. I mean, him and Peter, you know, like they're going to, they're so similar and I'm just, yeah, I, I think something's wrong with us because we're like, oh, Peter, oh, you know, Ducalion, like all these like really horrible guys who've done terrible things in the past and we just kind of fall in love with them. I've got a feeling that like a lot of the stuff that's going to happen is going to make Peter seem like a, just a little, a fun little kitten, you know, like that Peter was nothing. Like basically we see Scott kind of, obviously he knows who Scott is, but Scott doesn't know who he is. And then we get a look at the person that we know to be Ennis, another one of the Alpha Pack, again, not, not named, stealing the sort of drugged out Isaac in a wheelchair. And Scott goes after him to, you know, jumps into the lift and goes after him to help um, to help Isaac. And at the last minute possible, that's when we see Derek for the first time in the episode, uh, when he sort of busts in and, and you know, beats up. Ennis and then looks at Scott and says, shouldn't you be in school? Because he worked <laughs> on that all the way there in the car. <laughs> um, and then we sort of go on to have the rest of the episode really being about Scott and Derek together, which is awesome because they are so chill with each other and Derek is so grounded and, like, not happy, but he's, like, really adult and uh, I'm super into it. It's really good. Yay, Derek. Progress. Yeah. <laughs> Yay, their relationship, too. There's You can tell there isn't as much tension there anymore. And, yeah, Derek was still keeping things from him. I mean, he didn't tell him about the Alpha Pack until 
Scott figured out, you know, that he had painted the door and that sort of thing. But he was literally doing it to protect him because he wanted him to go to school. He wanted him to be a normal teenager as much as he could. He didn't want to bother him with this problem because it was Derek's problem. And I was okay with that. It didn't bug me. And it's just, I, yeah, I was so proud of Derek. He was just so adult like you said it was great here's my question about that though does Derek does that mean Derek cares about Scott more than he cares about the rest of his alphas because he doesn't want he's got Isaac helping him like with the alpha pack he doesn't you know is it or is it because Scott was like I'm don't want to be a part of this and and Isaac is still willing to be a part of it yeah and it's him respecting Scott's choices or whatever yeah I would say that would be the reason yeah, because I don't think it's like, oh, I love Scott better than everyone else, so <laughs> I'm going to protect him, but the others have to be all in on it and stuff like that. So, yeah, that hopefully that's not the case. Yeah, I mean, basically, we have him go back to the house, um, the Hale house, and it might be the last time we see it for a while because Scott's like, do you still live here? And Derek's kind of like, no, which kind of means like, uh, you know, Duh, as if as if I'd lived you know a falling down house all by myself you know which is like you know gone who'd do that I mean what a crazy person and apparently the council or the the, the city the you know what the whoever the reigning government is of, of Beacon Hills has <laughs> taken taken over the house for being condemned or whatever and I guess Derek's living somewhere else now and uh Honestly, the um the big window that they smashed through at the beginning of the episode looks a lot like the mock-up of the hole in the wall looks a lot like the mock-up of the hole in the wall in Derek's new loft. So maybe that's where we're going to find him later because he can't just get a whole house. You know, that would just be too normal. Those windows looked like the windows from the pictures that yeah. um, I think Allison and Deucalion in particular were in front of. Yeah. So I feel like that place is going to be a bit of a one that we go back to. I mean, I hope we see results with the Hale House one day just for Derek's peace of mind. But, you know, I want too many things in this show purely for Derek's peace of mind. <laughs> and Derek also says that, you know, his bite, that Isaac's bites from the Alpha healed and Scott says, you know, they're healed and, and Derek says, oh, not on the inside, like he needs to treat Isaac with again another form of wolfsbane in some way to help Isaac's healing and who knows I, I don't know what the end results are you know not in the inside whether it would like do physical damage or emotional damage or whether it you know twist his mind in some way but apparently there's something more there about what an alpha can do to a, a beta. He also gets Styles out to the house scott gets styles out to the house he says um oh, derrick's and stuff's kind of like why and but he comes out to help uh and when he does while well, isaac's i guess still passed out or whatever derrick and scott and styles have this very kind of intense three-way conversation about scott's whole tattoo problem which is like weirdly sweet like it's kind of weird because like you know you, you kind of had scott trying to explain and derrick being really open to like listen and like, he was very open to Scott talking about it. He didn't shut him down at any point. It was really, like, big brotherly and nice. And then there were certain points where Scott either was too emotional or wasn't explaining himself right, where Styles sort of took over explaining. And it didn't have that vibe of, like, it kind of had this slight vibe of, like, I'm smarter than everyone in the room because he is. But it didn't have that kind of, like, I'm mocking you thing that he often had to Derek. And it was just 
a really interesting three-way conversation, like the dynamic between the three of them. Yeah, I loved how Styles was impressed with Scott when he was saying, um, you know, the Samoan for tattoo, it means open wound and that sort of thing. You could see Style going, oh, you know, like he was really, Scott's really trying hard and Styles is taking notice. And I loved Scott's reasoning for why he wanted to get the tattoo, not only what it meant, but also as a reward for staying away from Allison and that sort of thing. And I really want to say here that like, I saw a lot of people in the comments on Hypeable and on Tumblr and that sort of thing who are kind of over this whole, like, oh, Scott's so in love with Allison thing. And, yeah, I could see where maybe that could be getting annoying because it's been sort of a central thing for the last two seasons, and I think a lot of people just want to move past that for season three. But at the same time, they couldn't – the writers couldn't exactly show Scott being, like, totally over Allison – after everything that they've gone through, just, you know, okay, first episode of season three, like, Allison isn't even on Scott's mind. That's just not realistic. And I think they did a really great job of showing that Scott still cares about Allison, he still thinks about her, but he's moving on, he's growing up, and he's giving her space. Yeah, and I mean, we didn't even see the full result. Like, you know, we had, obviously, before the bird attack, and he had to leave and all that, you know, she was kind of like, can we talk? So clearly he's on her mind as well and we obviously didn't get that talk so there's going to be things coming but yeah I didn't think they were ever going to be like this isn't glee people it's not just going to be like oh you guys dated lol okay whatever kind of thing yeah like, you know <laughs> like it, it's the Scott and Allison thing is one of the only romances on television I think at, at the moment like in teen drama that is ge- like genuinely working and like interesting as an a plot like I just I just don't care about romances as an A plot anymore but they feel so real that it works so I I want yeah I do want to see what's going to happen and I mean there's been all sorts of you know talk about you know whether he's going to be with other girls he's she's going to be with other guys this weird thing going on about her and Isaac and I don't know if that's just people shipping it because they date in real life but um uh, apparently something in, in the trailer implied that there might be a thing and that could get messy, but I don't. I think this is perfectly realistic. I think everything about it is is the way that it would be. You know, again, Teen Wolf is the best show on television at showing people's real actions and behaviors despite a supernatural environment. You know, it, and this is no no exception to that. But the whole crux of that thing is that is that he learns from Derek how to get the tattoo to stay, which is apparently to kill it with fire. Well, you know, to burnish the skin with fire and then the ink will show through. So Derek basically is like helps him by burning his arm up with a blowtorch and this apparently makes the tattoo show through. So that was fun. We got a, fu- you know, fun little little moment there of, of torture. Yeah. Scott must have really wanted that tattoo. Yeah. I mean, (laughs) Derek is like, it's going to hurt worse than anything you've ever felt in your life kind of thing. And so if you must really want a tattoo, if you're a werewolf and you get one, Uh, but it's interesting because it just makes me think, is fire something that makes, see, I don't understand. Is fire something that makes a werewolf, if setting the skin on fire is what kind of, does it make the skin 
human, like in quote unquote, or does it make it like not able to reheal? Because we have Peter who actually recovered from burns, so or maybe it just like burns the skin, so it t- the tattoo falls out really slowly, so it like you only have to get it like you get it redone and then you do that again like every ten years or whatever, like that the healing process is slowed. Like does fire? How does that work? I don't understand and. If it is, if it does, like, weaken them, if it is, like, that's, you know, like an Achilles heel. It's like if, if you burn the skin with fire, does that mean that part of their body is susceptible? Like, if Derek, Derek got stabbed through the middle of his tattoo and he's back, would he die, if you know what I mean? Like, is... Oh, that made me think of when Kali stabs him with that metal pipe. Well, there you go. Is it through the middle of the back? Uh, pretty much. It comes out the middle of his chest, so... Well, I'm just wondering, like, what this fire thing is with the tattoos, uh, because on one hand it felt to me like, oh, you're doing this so that skin in that area, you ruin it, it can't heal. But Peter healed from a, from fire, from burns. So, hmm, I, I don't... But it, it took him, like, six years, though. Yeah, so I maybe mean... it's a slow... Again, maybe it's just like it's a slow healing and, and that he wouldn't be able to heal in time if he got stabbed through the middle of his tattoo, for example, just saying they can't kill Derek. It's not okay. So just, yeah, <laughs> you know, that's not going to happen. Um, we also obviously got a, a tiny, tiny moment of hysteric manhandleization. Um, <laughs> don't call this episode hysteric manhandleization. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> oh, oh, you can't. Um, but so obviously, um, Styles being like, oh my god, you're gonna do this, okay? And then Derek just being like, nope, you're gonna help hold him down, and kind of just grabs him as he walks off. And it's just like, it was very cute. I'm not gonna lie, and I'm not, I'm not watching this show through Derek goggles, but I was like, that was a thing, and it was definitely on purpose. Not in a, not, I don't think in a pandering way, but in a these characters have a certain dynamic kind of way. So I know we're not going to see too much of them together, but I did, I did enjoy that. I'm not going to lie. I thought it was, I thought it was pretty hot actually. Um, <laughs> I, I liked it too. I just really want the three of them to be friends and it kind of felt that way here. I mean, they were joking back and forth, but it was also a very serious conversation and there was a dynamic there that we haven't really seen. Like, there was a level of of being comfortable yeah. that wasn't there before, and I really liked seeing that. Yeah, totally. What I want is for them to be chill and trusting and, like, for them to, yeah, be allies and be, you know, chill and funny around each other as opposed to it being fraught with this, like, I hate you, I love you, let's break up, you know, kind of thing. <laughs> Like, they're all, you know, so Taylor Swift about each other. So, you know, <laughs> like, and it's just, especially Scott and Derek. Oh, my God. They are so, like, so Taylor Swift about each other. And it's just, I've done with that. Like, they need to just be, like, trusting. And I think that they are now. But obviously, the next big thing is that, you know, we see that they, they're going to want to, to get Scott out of the picture and get Derek to do it. So... What, what did you put about Derek's x-ray vision, sorry? Okay, this is really weird. I don't know if anyone, like, noticed this, but he's looking at Scott's arm, and his eyes flash red, and he, like, uses his weird alpha x-ray vision to look at the tattoo underneath Scott's skin that, like, 
mm. you know, nobody can see. And I just thought that was really weird. I don't yeah. know. He definitely wasn't drawing. Yeah, because I was like, is he drawing the tattoo on with fire? And I'm like, no, he's just he's just blasting that on the skin. So clearly it's a, like the tattoo makes the, the fire makes the ink do something or something like that. But yeah, that's kind of weird if you can see under people's skin. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> At the end, we have um, Ducalion again, sort of, you know, the, the Alpha Pack coming together to attack Megan Tandy, who had come into the school and uh, looked for Scott, you know, trying to get Scott's help. You know, she'd, you know, gone up to Lydia and Allison. She knew who Allison was and, um, you know, was hiding out in the, you know, locker room and all of the Alphas came and attacked her, basically. So that was not very fun for her. Or, yeah, or I think anybody else, because from all the comments that I've seen so far, people really liked her character, Mm. and it was so sad to see her go so soon. Yeah, I mean, basically, you know, what you can take from that scene is that um, Deucalion wants Scott dead, apparently, uh, because he's apparently going to be a pretty strong Alpha, which is interesting. Earlier in the episode as well, when that girl, Megan Tandy's character, was in the hospital bed, you know, being like, I need to talk to the Alpha, and Melissa's like, Derek? And after she goes, she's like, no, not Derek, the other one, Scott. And, uh, you know, Scott McCall, and obviously Scott's not an Alpha yet. And so, again, this is the point we're getting to this, like, Luke Skywalker-type prophecy of, like, the one true Alpha or something that Scott is going (laughs) to be. Like, you know, maybe Scott's the Alpha Alpha, you know? Like, and so he wants Scott out of the way, and so we have this very, and this is my favourite thing that's come out of the show so far, very, very interesting thing in which he says, you know, that they're all talking about, you know, what she's like, what are you going to do about Scott? And he kind of reveals to her, someone once taught me a very smart way to eliminate a threat, get someone else to do it for you. And she's like, oh, Derek, you're going to, you know, she's like dying. And she's like, oh, Derek's going to do it. However, that quote, smart way to eliminate a threat, get someone else to do it for you. The person who said that earlier in the history of Teen Wolf is Gerard Argent. He says the best way to eliminate a threat is to get someone else to to, to do it for you and so is is Gerard the person that taught that to Decalion because the most beautiful theory of all time has come up and I've posted it uh we've posted it on our tumblr and I just linked it on my twitter it is by tumblr name Bastardash and basically they've put together those quotes of Gerard Argent's Decalion's and the one of Chris Argent saying have you ever seen a rabid dog? Well, I have, and the only thing I've ever been able to compare it to was seeing a friend of mine turn on the full moon. He tried to kill me, and I was forced to put a bullet in his head. And this person's commentary has said, what if Papa Argent didn't actually kill his friend? What if he only blinded him? So, I'm in love with this theory. I'm not okay with this. I think it's the best thing. I think it's the best idea. I think it's amazing. I Um, think it's amazing too, but but I'm not okay with this. Yeah, it's way too much. Because we don't know, like, we don't know that a bullet in the brain kills a werewolf. We've (sighs) never had, and we've talked about it. We've talked about whether it would or not. And what if, because we see at the end, by the way, Deucalion cleaning off his hands with the handkerchief, like Peter, (laughs) like... Can you hear me, like, swooning? Um, yes. But, but I mi- I missed Peter this episode, actually, and I missed um, Danny, and I missed, you know, all of our, our friends that were not in it. But um, 
yeah, I'm I'm down with this theory. If this is right, I'm just gonna like find this person and like send them presents because it's brilliant. Because that's no no way that's a coincidence that someone told me this and that he right. knows Gerard Argent, regardless of uh-huh. who he is, he knows Gerard Argent. But I I can see, like Peter had a friend that turned into a werewolf and he shot him in the head and that might not kill a werewolf. We that's never been something that's killed a werewolf, you know, that we've seen kill a werewolf before. I'm so down with this. I can taste it. I, it's it's so <laughs> good. It's I, 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 I could never come up with this stuff, so I love you. Like, I, I shouldn't be doing this show if I can't come up with such good theories as, like, these people. But, oh, my God, please keep coming up with these theories. They're so good. So I love it. I love that yeah. theory. I've um, got goosebumps, like, when you read that. And, I mean, I had read it before, but, like, I've got goosebumps again because it's just – it's so good. But if that's true, it's going to be so – difficult especially for Chris and I just I don't know if I can handle it it's gonna be amazing don't even front <laughs> it's gonna be amazing just calm down it's gonna be it's gonna be good so we then have obviously he wants Derek to kill Scott and then he kind of does the whole big I've just told you my whole plan and now I'm gonna kill you and he apparently kills her so he sort of slashes her open or whatever we don't know 100% we don't necessarily see her dead fallen body but she's probably dead though given that we know she's going to be around apparently there's going to be some flashbacks or something at some point in regards to her near the end of the episode as well we see Alice and, and Lydia getting taken out of school after that girl who you know who has just died um had addressed them before she'd grabbed them both and sort of her fingers had made marks on their arms and Lydia or Alison, one of them spots their arms together and we see that the pattern together is, is a symbol, uh, not the alfalfa's symbol and, you know, not the, not the Triscolet, but a, a, a sort of a four ways sort of curved uh, cross symbol and one that is on the same floor that we then zoom out to see where Boyd and Erica are being held and, we like it sort of it looks like a professional stamp and number one I don't know how this girl could make this mark on these people's arms we don't know what this girl was she was very strong and used weapons she may not have been human I don't think she was a werewolf and I, I don't know how she managed to press that mark just by grabbing someone's arm however I do not think my I don't know what's going on but where are you up to in being human uh, I haven't watched anymore yet. You haven't watched the second season? No. Ah, bugger. Okay. Uh, I have a theory, but it's to do with being human season two. So watch is it. it. Is it going to ruin me a lot, or do you want to just say it anyway? In season two of Being Human, um, the antagonist, they deal with a facility, like a scientific facility that is into kind of oppressing and researching, but it's kind of like, it's kind of like, you know how like the Nazis did like medical research in inverted mm-hmm. commas? It's kind of like that, but okay. about the, the werewolves and, and stuff like that. And I feel like that they are in some sort of facility similar to that in some way, a professional facility, that it's not mm. to do, I do not think the Alpha Pack have them. Derek thinks the Alpha Pack has Boyd and Erica. I don't think the Alpha Pack has Boyd and Erica. I think that Boyd and Erica were tricked in some way and are in some sort of, yeah, facility of people who are even crazier than the Hunters, if you know what I mean, uh, and that 
maybe that this girl was there too uh, as whatever she is or maybe she'd worked there and was against it now or something like that, but that that symbol is the company or whatever it is. It would be a pretty close direct rip-off of being human, but that's kind of <laughs> what my thoughts are. Yeah. No, that could be really interesting. I think as far as Megan Tandy's character, like you said before, I don't think she's a werewolf because, yeah, she was fighting with weapons and it just doesn't really fit. I I mean, my main theory right now about her is that she's got to have something to do with Deaton and morale. I just feel like they're connected somehow. And that bruise, like when she first gave them that bruise, I was thinking, okay, she's really strong. Maybe she is a werewolf and she just wasn't fighting with her werewolf powers. Or And this was like before the, the end scene, obviously, where she dies. But then when they put their arms together and it formed that symbol, I'm like, okay, what is this? Is it like, like some people are thinking maybe it was a map or something like that. That symbol, is she protecting them? Is it like a protection spell? Is it a clue? Like you were saying, maybe it's a clue to some sort of society that's keeping them or something like that. But it's, I mean, I don't, I have no idea what she is, but I just feel like it has to be related to Deaton somehow. Yeah, I I agree that it definitely could be. I mean, I don't think whatever it is, I don't think it's going to be throwaway. Like, I think it's going to be a pretty big, uh, you know, I think we're going to see her again, even if she is dead now. I think we're going to see what she was up to, you know, because I I don't feel like that this is something that they can just be like, oh, yeah, no, you know. And I think, like, that symbol looked Celtic to me, and maybe it's not. I really don't know. I'm not up on my celtic symbology all that much but it it looks that way and we know that there's been a lot of celtic symbology around deaton yeah i know i was gonna say i know someone did that post of like what the yeah the the lids are on all his jars Mm -hmm. so maybe that is something that we can try and match up is morel coming back in the next episode is is, I, i believe so yeah yeah interesting Hmm. Maybe maybe they're from like a family of like something else's like you know like <laughs> oh god all right oh no I've got that tumbler open um magic spice rack no no the I'm Derek Hale and my family is dead tumbler, <laughs> and I just flicked past it and now I'm just about to start laughing inappropriately so move on swiftly from from that so yeah basically we have this implication I guess at the end um before we see the very last bit of, of that uh, as well of, of Chikalian implying that Scott is some sort of chosen one. So what do you think that could be? I don't know. I think you have a really good point about not really wanting this to become a chosen one type of thing because, yeah, you're right. One of the best things about Scott was he was completely normal. He was actually kind of below average, and yet he's our hero. And I, that's the one thing that I've always really enjoyed about him. So I hope it's not really a chosen one type of thing, but at the same time, I love the idea of some sort of prophecy or some sort of, even if it's not like a prophecy with an Oracle or something like that, just something that makes Scott have the potential to be something really great even if he's not the chosen one just to be something you know greater than Derek and like these other alphas I would like to see that yeah I suppose it's kind of the hero story though like it even if it is a common trope it's for a reason it's what the you know the Greek 
hero journey kind of is so we'd have to you know they can't mess with that we also have the Shakespeare stuff to think about as well the stuff they were going with from from Twelfth Night so we will have to uh I guess <laughs> wait and see how that all ties in but it's not my favorite thing having having a, a cho- like a chosen one, especially when they say you're the chosen one kind of thing. I'm just <laughs> when they went there in Harry Potter, I was just like, oh, like we had the boy who lived, and that was its own thing, and that was fine. But when we actually got to like the last book, and they were like, they started with the actual phrase the chosen one, I was just like, wish I hadn't done that. Really wish, but oh well. Anyway, so, yeah, was there anything else about this episode? Um, like, the ha- I mean, obviously there's many, many things in this episode, but is there anything else yeah. about this episode that um, you wanted to talk about? Not specifically. I just wanted to know how you thought of it as an overall episode and how you thought of it as the premiere to season three. I really liked it. There was a lot about it that I feel like I knew, uh, like, who everyone was and what, you know, and all that kind of thing, because we've been following the spoilers all summer, and I, I, I don't know if they... I think Teen Wolf is pretty in touch with its audience. I think it knows that the majority of the people who watch it aren't casual viewers, like, it, that at this point, that it actually nearly its whole watchership is its fandom, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, but I feel like if you were, like, a casual viewer, that it may not have, like, you might not have gotten the best... It's really easy to fill in gaps when you know what's happening, but if you don't know what's happening, it is a lot harder, obviously. Like, I, again, Harry Potter is a really good example of people that see the Harry Potter films that haven't read the books. Um, I don't think they should be allowed into the cinema, but um, <laughs> but I know that they've had been like, what? Like, who? What happened? Like, there was this big thing going on where a bunch of people thought that Snape was Harry's father in one from one of the movies because of the way things what? Look, yeah, you and I say that. You and I are like, what? But it's like apparently the way that things looked on screen without knowing the gaps that you were automatically filling in about what was happening on screen, it paints okay. a totally different picture. Like, yeah, I, yeah. Like, I I totally, like I totally realised with the fourth Harry Potter movie, they had the whole plot line about Rita Skeeter like, being horrible to Harry and printing all this stuff and them not knowing – and it never got resolved because you never found out that she was, like, an animagus of a beetle, like, in the movie. It just – I was like, oh, yeah, they never actually said that in the movie. But you are just filling it in in your head, if you know what I mean, because you'd read the yeah. books. So I feel like we were filling in a lot of spoiler stuff that we already know, and that made it fine to watch. But that if you didn't do that, then it might have been really, really weird. Yeah, because like you said before, I, I hadn't even realized that they didn't give us anybody's name except I think actually we did learn um, Ducalion's name. I'm pretty sure Derek said it. Oh, yeah, but yeah. as far as everybody else, like I didn't even realize that we didn't get any of their names yet. Yeah, no, totally. I agree. Like it's we just are filling it in. So it'd be interesting to get the perspective of someone who literally knew nothing, like who'd watched season one and two but knew nothing about what was coming jonathan might not i might ask him i can't remember what he has watched like what how much he followed it he's seen it all a few times like the the series but um i don't know if he has watched spoilers over the summer so noted might ask him i loved it as an episode i mean there was a lot going on at once i mean there was you know there was a lot going at once but i loved all the character work that's what i really Mm -hmm. loved and you know we didn't we didn't even get that much styles like he was a very side character but i i loved 
like he was he was supporting um as opposed to having a lot of his own but i loved the episode i'm glad it's back basically yeah me too i was i was freaking out the whole time there was a lot of screaming and like fist pumping and and yeah i i loved it i mean it might be sort of just my excitement that it's finally back, that I didn't really notice anything wrong with the episode. I mean, nothing really bothered me. Um, I enjoyed pretty much everything on there, but, you know, that's okay. I don't mind being over-enthusiastic. That's why we're here. Yeah, for real. <laughs> All right, well, in that case, let's jump right into our listener feedback. We've got two pieces here really quick before we leave. The first one is from Potter VFD and this is from the comment section on the recap post that was on Hypable.com and they say I definitely got the feeling that the mystery girl could see the future or had some kind of foresight. When she was in the hospital she sensed the presence of the Alpha Twins when they arrived at the school. She referred to Scott as the Alpha and knew Deucalion is afraid of the band Scott will become she knew allison and isaac's names without them saying anything this is really interesting i can see this being possible yeah i actually i actually as you read that remembered that i had a passing thought while watching it i'm being like is she a psychic of some sort um and then i probably forgot about it probably because of you know something else um happening but i i actually did that did cross my mind so i definitely could get down with that i'm not sure if we've had anything so far of premonitions or psychics existing in the show but i think it's something that could work yeah i like that a lot better than the idea of a prophecy Mm -hmm. i like the idea of a psychic a lot more i think that's more in line with the realism that we've seen in teen wolf so far so that's really cool i do as well i think that ties in more to the um whole thing of Chris Argent's as well about like where the line between the natural and the supernatural comes like you know and and whether the things that they're calling supernatural quote unquote are just like what the human body can do when pushed to it because I don't believe in prophecies but I do believe in not psychics but I believe in the power of the human mind and that we haven't really probably tapped into it as much as we have, you know, that we don't have the ability to tap into, because they say we only use like 10% of our brains or whatever, if you know what I mean. Uh And um, I feel like that plausibility wise, that the idea that something like, you know, transmitting, not, you know, psychic is a strong word, but transmitting, you know, radio waves or something to one another is potentially more physically possible, just something that our mind, you know, our unconscious mind isn't capable of doing. Um, than, you know, a prophecy, which sounds a bit more, uh, you know, mythical. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like it's something, again, that the human body could be pushed to do as opposed to a prophecy, which is like a storybook kind of thing. Yeah, I agree. That would be really cool. Good theory. Our next piece of feedback is from Kyle, which has been on the podcast before. Um, He used to go by uh, Tarek, but now he goes by Kyle, so just in case you guys were a little confused by that. It's it's his middle name. It's a whole thing. Yeah, Yeah, it's a whole thing. (laughs) But we love Kyle, and he's awesome, and he did a GIF recap post, and yes, I'm saying GIF, not GIF, because I think that's stupid. Can I just just say this right now to everyone that's listening? But by the way, can I just talk about GIF and GIF for one second? Yes, yes, please do. Okay, here's my thing about this. 
All right. <laughs> on one hand, I totally get that a creator of a thing would get to make the call on, you know, on how something is, is pronounced. Um, I think that that is something that, because I'm like that with Harry Potter, I'm like that with, oh, if J.K. Rowling says this person's name is said like this, then that's how that person's name is said. However, it's GIF. It stands for Graphics Interface Format. And if you're calling it GIF, like if he's like, I'm calling it GIF because when I made it up, we were making a funny joke about a peanut butter ad. You don't deserve the permission to name things. I'm sorry. <laughs> you're too stupid. Um, like, so basically uh, there was a Hank Green video which was talking about it, which I think in which he said not both, like he was like, I think that both are correct. Not both are, like both are correct. One is correct in the ownership rights you know, the guy who owns it says this is what it is and one is correct in that technically it's graphics interface format and so it's G. And he was like, both are correct. I think not both are right, not both are okay, not both are acceptable, both are correct in different theories. But then the guy comes along and says, no, it's only GIF. And I'm just like, you know what, dude? I'd let you have both are correct. I'd, I'd, I'd let you have that. I'm with Hank Green. I'd let you have that. You cannot say that it's just GIF when it's graphics interface format. You are a moron. Sorry. <laughs> anyway, I've got really strong feelings about that, and I haven't had a platform to express it. So sorry, Tesla <laughs> fans. We're going to say GIF. Anyway, yeah. go on. Anyway, so uh, Kyle made this awesome GIF reaction post. You guys should definitely check that out on hypable.com. It's hilarious. And he just wanted us to read his reaction to the first episode of season three. And he says, I thought the episode was a fantastic premiere. It introduced us to all the alphas in a perfect way and set up the rest of the season with the perfect amount of styles, comedy, and action. It made me truly excited about the rest of the season. And and I think both of us definitely agree with that. And mm -hmm. uh, if you guys are looking for Kyle, he will be on again sometime this season, as will a couple of other new and old hosts, probably. So definitely keep an eye out for them. Mm-hmm. Sweet. Cool. Okay. So I guess that is everything we have for this week for the season premiere of Teen Wolf, episode Tattoo 301. Yay. Yay, yes. we have a proper podcast about a proper show that's, like, airing weekly and stuff. Yeah. It's weird. Um, <laughs> we're going to hope – like, I'm still in a slightly odd time zone, um, and so within the next few weeks, hopefully we're going to establish a regular time for you to expect the show to come out uh, after it – you know, after the episode airs. Because Teen Wolf is such a late-airing show, like, it doesn't air at 8, it airs at, like, 10, doesn't it? Is that right, 10? Yeah. Uh, yep. It's not really feasible that we record – directly after the show obviously this is a little bit difficult because yeah with with most shows that we cover live on hyperball they air at seven or eight we record straight afterwards and the show can come up the next day but because this doesn't start till 10 it's a bit hard so mtv if you want to send us like screeners in advance so we can like record yeah. it at like a time zone that would be like really convenient we won't say anything about it till after the episode's released like we you could totally trust us like that would totally yeah. work you know like that that'd be, be really convenient. Yeah, that'd just that'd just really help me out. So just yeah. solid, just solid. Uh, anyway, we will see you next week with the episode entitled. Um, it's not fireflies, is it? It's nope, chaos rising. Chaos rising. Okay, good. Sounds ominous. Sounds ominous. Um, yes. And we're going to be. That'll be June tenth. Yeah, we'll work out if you know when we can record, obviously, and then 
once the season really kicks in, we'll we'll get a regular time going. But yeah, sorry that this is a little bit late. I was in the worst place in the world to record a podcast. Um, I'm not even going to get into it, but we shall see you later, I guess. Welcome, yes. everyone. Welcome to Teen Wolf Season 3. Make sure you guys tweet us, leave us comments, send things to the Tumblr. We're always active. We always love looking for your comments and your theories, and we will try reading them out on the podcast as much as possible. Yay! Yay. Bye, guys. Bye. Are we doing news today? Because I can't even, like, did you see that thing with the baby, like the werewolf baby model thing? What? No. What oh, my God, Karen. Hang on a second. I Brooke put it on Tumblr, I think. Oh, you're going to die. Charlie or Max Carver tweeted, like, something about, like, stuff getting really weird. And hang on. Let me just make sure I've got all the things I need open there. That Derek thing. Yep. Theories. Okay. And I was just like, that's both disgusting and curious. He was holding like a model, like presumably like a, you know, creature workshop model of what looks like a newborn, um, hereditarily made werewolf. And it's wearing a t-shirt um, that apparently the logo on the T-shirt is the same as something in an American werewolf in London, so that's just Jeff being a smartass. But um, it's like it's a it looks like a prop, like it looks like they're maybe gonna it might be just like a flat from a flashback, like Derek being born. But um, it's Charlie Cove. I'm gonna message it to you right now because I, I maybe I shouldn't because I don't even want to get into it right now because I think we might have to save news for next week or even do another, you know podcast you know a news podcast at a different time but check this out oh, oh my god what what what's happening oh oh my oh my god i oh that's so freaky i know i'm gonna close it now because i don't want to keep looking at it oh my god okay. what yeah what in the ever loving hell that's pretty much oh my god why am I still? Why is it still on the screen? I don't want to be looking at it. Hang on, I don't understand. I thought I closed it. Okay, ew. So that's a thing that is might be happening. I don't know what's going on, but let me just um, let me just call you back. I'm just going to check check that we sound okay still. Okay. Okay, and to do that, apparently, I have to end the call. So just give me a All second. Right. You're just still recovering from the baby. Oh my god.